I've had an awesome experience this morning. I was in the presence. I was actually standing and sitting uh, next to royalty. Uh, so that's Tracy, my wife. Uh, but also, it's Dan Doubled. Would you welcome Dan Doubled as he comes up? <laughs> to many of you, uh, this man is known as Chappy Dan. And uh, Dan, it's so, so good to have you with us, mate. Thanks, mate. And uh, got a couple of questions. Yeah. What's your real name? Daniel. All right. If I'm in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, Dan. That was mum, right? Or was that <laughs> No, <Dan>? it's Wendy. <laughs> uh, okay. Later in life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, a uh, couple of big changes in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. As of tomorrow, um, I will be the field development manager of Scripture Union in North Queensland. So... Woo! Yeah, I don't know about that yet. <laughs> it's exciting, but it's new. How long at Thuringia? Um Over 20 years. 20 years chaplain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a note of faithfulness yeah. and awesomeness. Uh, just in a, a sentence, what was your experience on Friday? <laughs> tears. Last day. Yeah. Um, the sentence is tears full stop. Yeah. Really difficult. Um, the end of a season... And you just don't know when, when relationships change, what that's going to look like down the track, but significant relationships, lifelong relationships. Um, it's a difficult season. It's a season of transition for all of us, but it's a season of transition in general for our schools. So it's difficult, exciting, necessary. Father, we want to thank you for the word of God. I want to thank you for the blessing of Dan. I want to thank you for Thurangawa, yeah. the staff, a new appointment on the horizon. Lord, you know all of these things and uh, want to pray for the anointing of the words that come out of the scripture today to challenge our hearts that we may respond in obedience and grace and love and mercy. Mm. God, take us forward. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Over to you, brother. Thanks, Gary. Hey, really good to be here. Crazy. Um, for those, like Gary just introduced, but for those of you who don't know me, um, you weren't here pre-COVID probably. Um, it's been that long since I've been able to share with, with you as, as my extended church family. And I don't have a huge amount of time today to share with you something that is just profoundly simple and profoundly encouraging and profoundly just profound, um, continuing to change my life. And so um, before we get into me doing some storytelling, I'd encourage you to open the word to Jeremiah chapter 29 and the first part of that, basically. So if you've got a hard copy, whether you're online, good morning, everybody. Um, or if you have never had the word in front of you and you've got a smart device, then go to YouVersion um, as a great app or go to Bible.com. There's plenty of different opportunities with that. Um, and find a version that works for you and speaks to you in the language that works for you. I want to I share with you, um, team, if you could show the video, um, which has no audio. Um, at the beginning of this year, I was having a whinge with God because it was before school started and I was tired because I was in this zone at Rasmussen Primary School, which is my other school. Um, and we got the opportunity last August to get a grant from Townsville City Council with National Tree Day with 60 native trees. We found a great spot. It seemed like that was the right thing to do, except that starting a garden in the middle of the dry season is hard, especially when there's no water there. 
Um, so I was complaining at the beginning of this year, and God reminded me of some things, but um, we're going to talk about that today. So there's a little bit of a, of a snapshot as to the development of what was going on there. Early this year, after I had this whinge, um, and he gave me the word for today, which is a bit of clarity, he put a fire in my belly for something bigger. So I was whinging about being tired, and then he brought my work to a whole new level. Um, and what the next slides will do is to show you what a bit of the vision was. So we started with 60 trees and a big community project happening, and then we extended it by 400 metres. Um, and we have since planted over 300 native trees, of which most of them are native um, bush tugger variants. Um, along that journey, I'm going to talk to you about this particular award that I received this year. I don't normally like talking about this sort of stuff, but it really is a, uh, has been a revelation of what God has been speaking and an affirmation that... I needed to do what I needed to do. The rain came, the things that were barely alive became this flourishing little, we're in the middle of the dry season again though, aren't we? Um, so things settled down a bit, some of that, the, the flowers and things that you see are the fact that our kids have been sprinkling seeds from other gardens and, and it's the life transference into that. And then yesterday we moved about 20 cubic metres of mulch just to finish off this new project that we've got right, right around the back of the school, which is which is an out-of-bounds area. I'm excited about it. You can see a bit of a track going on there. That's me complying with my groundsman's requirements, so there's no extra work for him, so he can drive through there. But we're excited in a generation's time that our kids are going to run around the school and they're going to run through trees and run through canopy and we're going to transfer, we're going to transform the, the environment, we're going to transform the mindset of the place. She's a bit dry there at the moment. Um, even though I'm finished up as Chappie, I'm, we're continuing to look at options to get water down there and the costs and whatever, but we certainly are in it as a community for the long haul. There's some, some of our community there who came in yesterday. Really exciting, and just a couple of photos at the end of this just to... Um, I thought I edited that out. Josh said, please don't show where I went over the top of people with my drone. So um, <laughs> lucky we're not putting this online. Um, <laughs> But there's that back section that's not currently used, but we are reclaiming that and making use out of that. Um, and part of that, in that back left corner that you see there, there is hundreds of trees that will end up being there. Um, we had a land care grant this year, 1500 bucks. We're spending more money there. Man, it's good to do life together as community, yes? It's good to find things that we're passionate about. Samara at the front there was a student at Rassi right back when I started a long time ago. Um, and her mum is now the new chappie there. So isn't it funny how the cycles change? I've been mentoring Sandy this year and getting her ready for the job. So if we throw up to the, uh, to the next slide that will stay up for the rest of this morning, I'd like to pray for us. Um, I'd like to pray for us because this is a bit of, this is not my artwork, but this is a bit of the state of the chaos of my mind usually. So really what I'd like to share with you today is, is really uh, my life journey out of this particular passage, not just from the beginning of this year in Jeremiah 29, but it has really been over the last eight years of things that God has been teaching me from a very short passage and, and a revelation in that. So however you'd like to join with me in prayer, I'm just going to pray for us. Father, we have such a short time together, not just today, but on this earth. An opportunity to walk with you and talk with you and commune with you and find out that you really do want a relationship with us. That you do, you did create us uniquely the way that we are as individuals, that we are not meant to look like everybody else, that you had a plan and a purpose in mind. It wasn't about works, it was about a relationship with us. 
I pray that that would shine through above all else this morning. I pray that um, though I might get emotional today, that that would not be a distraction or anything that I say from the flesh would not be a distraction from the word that you want to speak over us today. Thank you for this Northreach family. Thank you for your kingdom coming and your will being done in our city, in our region, in the world. You care about us. You've got a plan and we get to be a part of it. Amen. I'm going to go back to Jeremiah 29, but there is a, there's a verse in there in verse 7 that says this, and, he's, and, and it's the letter to the exiles. It's the letter to the people who are in exile. And I want you to, to, to even before we go any further, because I've shared this message multiple times this year in multiple locations. It's a message that just keeps permeating and changing, but it's still the same message. I want you to understand that exile is not slavery, that exile is, is a place that is not our home. That exile for us is a place that is not our home. And we're going to look at what that looks like today. And we're going to look at the way in which God has some universal truths that he's been speaking to us for thousands of years that help us to connect with life and the life giver. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile, God said thousands of years ago. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, this was the verse he gave me while I was whinging in January when I was down the back paddock trying to water trees, keep them alive, and this was my whinge. God, no one knows I'm doing this. I'm tired, but my tiredness that will translate to potentially a poverty and some of the other things that I should be doing well in, my, my tiredness is something that no one, no one will understand, nor will I be able to explain to them what I've been doing. Woe is me. I didn't use those words. I used other choice words probably. And, and I didn't ask for anything in that. I just needed to be honest. And God so vividly reminded me of this. And it was almost like he probably, and this is the way he speaks to me, he probably just went, a letter of the exiles, Dan. Oh. Which was the very reason I said yes to this project at the start. And I went, you know what? I said yes to planting these trees because it would create a buffer between us and a really uh, an impoverished part of our school that was unsightly and that it, it would give us a sense of focus that gave us a sense of a vision for the future and a vision of life and something that would look good in the future. So every time up until that poverty of my own spirit, I was like, I'm doing this for a purpose, for a time, not yet now. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm going to perceive because I had a vision to start with and I want to continue to follow that through. I will not let one of these trees die because the wet season is coming. And when the wet season comes, then I don't have to come down every weekend and spend four hours watering plants. The way that I've been watering plants is to get a big thousand litre IBC tank on the back of my trailer, fill it up, go down and just drip line into, into a low pressure drip line system and just let that flow out. But that, now the problem is I've got 400 metres of that and we still don't have water. I've got to do that four times. And so I've got to structure my life around watering trees because I have a vision of something which we have not yet seen realised and I'm still waiting for the day in which somebody turns the water on And then that season is over and we continue to find another way to move into the next season. So God said, and he reminded me, you did this because you wanted to do it as a blessing for your school community. And that's all I needed to hear. Are you hearing me? 
All I needed to hear was the reason that I did it to start with. What is your why? What is your why in what you are carrying out right now? If you don't have a why, I'm going to give you a why today. Because this why is universal and never changes and it always bears fruit. Because if you seek the prosperity of the city or the situation in which you feel that you've been carried into exile, if you switch your thinking around from woe is me, I'm tired and this is not fair that I had to move cities and I had to follow my husband or my wife to this place and now I have no friends and I, and I have no life and then woe, woe, woe. This is not, not, doesn't make sense that, that I'm having the strains in the relationships in my family. This doesn't make sense that this new person has come in and taken my job away from me and my career aspirations are gone out the window. None of this makes sense. This is not fair. No. No, it probably isn't. But if we would seek the prosperity of the place in which we are currently planted, if we would seek the peace and the prosperity of the place in which you've been carried into exile, your place of exile right now, if you pray to the Lord for it and it prospers, who then gets who who then prospers? They do. So do you. So do we. That change of thinking in January this year changed my outlook and we ended up with that project that just went from, hey, how about we, every time I mentor a kid and we go on a journey that I'll plant a tree and I had this big plan and I'm an engineer by trade, so everything's about scale and drawings and I got the drone footage and we've got everything to work in. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I needed to see it, but because I could see it, I could share the vision. And when I shared the vision and got the go-ahead, And I said, I would just like to one at a time. This is not a biggie, not a biggie, but yeah, it is. It always is. And then I I made the, uh, the God just started to fuel this passion in me. And I said to my principal, I said, hey, what do you think about crowdfunding? And she said, what do you mean? I said, oh, I've just got this crazy idea that if we, if we just send out the word to our community, if I use Facebook and say, hey, we've got this project and show them what we're doing and, and invite people if they'd like to buy a tree, that we could, maybe we could charge 10 bucks per tree. That will help provide the cost of the tree, a little bit of the irrigation line, a little bit of the prep work. And if we say to them, hey, listen, we'd love to put a little name ta- a plaque on there and say what the tree is and who donated it. She went, yeah, why not? By the end of that week, we had 200 trees paid for. And that still moves my emotion because that wasn't my plan. And we've been playing catch-up ever since, but we haven't because it was God's idea. It was always God's idea. Those sort of things spark the emotion of people around you who say, wait a second, this is not normal. People have been saying that to me for a long time and I'm starting to realise that's not necessarily a derogative thing. Yes? That it's okay not to be normal. Because when you're following the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we are living in a counterculture where people don't understand the complexities of, of this kingdom paradigm that we're operating in, the, the generosity, the, the selflessness, the, all those things that are the fruit of the Spirit, they don't make sense in the world in which we live and we work and we breathe and which we try to, to, to even collaborate with people around us. But like that, that Rotary Award that I showed you before, I'm perplexed that that thing would happen, but I'm realising more and more that people go, What? I need to tell some people about this because this is amazing. And for me, it's just the journey in following Jesus. And, and most of us, and, and it certainly hasn't been my experience to get that sort of thing happen 
like ever until then. But the reality is that I know this to be a fact that in following Jesus that um, we show something different. You might be a mum or a dad working at home, living at home because you've got young kids and you, and you just wish for a season that you don't currently operate within or you're pining for what you once had. You might be an entrepreneur still looking for that in somewhere. My, my encouragement for you this morning is this, first and foremost. Be honest with Jesus. For those of you who are travelling with Jesus, be honest with him about the state of your heart. And the problem is that we, from my personal experience, is that I never know the reality of the state of my heart until I start talking to him in real ways. It's just the way I do it. Hey, this is rubbish. And then I start whinging like yesterday and I had such unforgiveness because of an issue this week and I'm out there and I'm shoveling as a part of a community, shoveling 20 cubic metres of mulch and I'm over and over again and I'm going... This is just wrong thinking this way. And he was like, yep, I need to forgive him. Yep, and I knew that. And it was like, God, help me to forgive because I can't do it on my own. And it was just a journey of relationship and a journey of adventure. And this is a part of making a difference where we are. Let me go to straight to the word. Let me read this. Let's clarify some stuff. Ground this so that you can take it away and put some things into practice for yourself. So Jeremiah 29. Is there any water in the house? Can anybody just grab me a cup of water? Or a... Thank you, Robin. That's awesome. How unprepared am I? This is what the Lord God Almighty, I'm just going to go from verse 4 from 29, said, um, the God of Israel says to those I've carried into exile. Let's, let's take this personally. This is what God says to us wherever we are, in whatever circumstance we're in today. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. What? I mean, this I've been dwelling on this for years. You're in a place that, you, that is not your home, but make the most of it. I'm living in the middle of a street. Thank you, Robin, champion. Um, I'm living in a street for years that was, was the most chaotic, crime-filled street for about three years. And you know what set us free? planting gardens, transforming our own home and providing an oasis in the middle of the chaos. Why? Because we needed to do that for us. And what we found, this is just a side note before I move on, what we found was, and we still do that to this day, we found when we put some garden furniture out the front and tried to pretty it up, that even in the chaos of other people's lives, people were starting to put garden furniture and and things in their own yards in our street. And I went... You want to kill me one day and you're mimicking me the next. But this is what God does in our lives, whether we see the fruit of it or not. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce. Not because you're going to stay there forever, but make the most of the season that you're in. Yes? Change your thinking. We are coming into a new season, but don't wait for the season to come before you change. Change your heart and your attitude now. Grow in that now. Marry, have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. There is a longevity in this. You don't know when things will change, so don't wait for the change to come. Change now. 
Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which you've been carried. I see so many times this um, quoted, uh, particularly on online, or we use it in the church and we forget or we fail to put in this vital bit. You might see, seek the prosperity of the city. Pray for the Lord, to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Wait a second, there's a key part in that. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city in which I carried you exile. Yeah? We can so easily go, oh, when life is good, then I will praise him. But what, what about when life is hard? Can we seek the peace and prosperity of those circumstances so that God would change our heart and our mind and then therefore change the world? Because as we carry Christ, I tell you what, what a beautiful thing it is to carry Christ as a transformed and being transformed person made in his image, yes? Oh, woe, if only it was better, then I could be a great evangelist for what he is doing. No, in the middle of the chaos, that is the greatest evangelistic tool that we've got of sharing with the world how great our God is. Because how could this be that you could be like this in the midst of this chaos? Well, only my God. How can I forgive? Only my God. How can I travel? Only with him. Oh, I haven't even cried yet. This is awesome. (laughs) How much time have I got? Two hours, Gary. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Here's the thing. Okay, this, some of you are just like, man, this is so simple. It is, but it's not because this will change your world. Here's the thing. This is my experience over and over again. And you might go, man, how can you stay in the same scripture over and over again? Because maybe I'm a bit stubborn. Maybe there's things that God's still tweaking. Maybe there's more to, to squeeze out of this. What happens when you seek to bless rather than seek to be blessed? What happens when we, when we actually follow Jesus and we, we actually dive into a relationship with Him? The thing is, and I've found this, and I'm going to say this universally because everyone I've spoken to has come up with the same conclusion as they have pursued this relationship with Him. It is not a relationship of rules and regulation. It is a relationship that has a fruitfulness of life. Oh my goodness, adventure hurts, yes, and I'm an adventurer. I like the pain. I like the pain of progress. I like to hit the big numbers when it goes for a trail run or something. And man, I'm going to hurt during it and after, but there is an invigoration of the journey along the way. Yes? And so is life. When you seek to bless, when you want someone else or something else to prosper, your eyes change. My eyes continue to change. My stance and your stance and our stance is the church, but let's think of us as individuals, changes. Our words change. Our filter changes. Our outlook changes. Our energy changes. I stand there whinging about trees that I can barely keep alive. And God says, pray for the peace and prosperity of the place that I've I've planted you and so I do. And then he gives me a vision of something exponentially bigger than it was before and gives me the energy to carry it out because it's his idea. And so he gives the green light all the way through. The thing is you don't need to be a follower of Jesus for this universal truth to work. When you seek to bless others, you too get blessed. But I tell you what, 
Walking with Jesus means a Jesus path and it means profoundly an opportunity for people not just to be blessed by being a blessing in in normal service of others. It means that we go on this adventure with Him where He opens our eyes to what the Kingdom of God is doing in our place, where He sets us free to step out by faith into places that we've never been before, to try things we've never done before and He affirms us in that by reminding us down the track that the promises were rich and still are. He reminded me with this award that I shared with you before and I was just, how do you take that? And he went, hey, what does it say? If you pray for the prosperity, you too will be prosperous. Ooh. Maybe this has teeth. Yeah? I finished up at Thuringauer on Friday. Are we finishing with a song? Can, can I get the band to come up just so you keep me accountable to time? <sighs> we, I finished up at Thuringauer. I finished up at Rasmussen on Tuesday. Worst time to finish, but God knows what he's doing. Um, I finished up and I was really, and I, and I was sharing with Pastor Gary this morning. I was struggling this week because they decided as a school, number one, that they weren't going to tell the students till the last day that I was finishing. And number two, they decided they were going to do a special assembly on Friday morning to say goodbye. So 800 plus students, all the staff, everybody else, it's just like the opposite of what I wanted, I wanted. And I was struggling in that and I shared to, to some really um, valued colleagues that I've been doing life, not just work with, but life with for a long time and I was whinging about that. And, and we got together as a staff, probably half of us, 60 or 70 staff on Friday afternoon just to, to hang out and, and one of those staff members got up in front of people who could have taken things the wrong way and just said, I just want to share with everybody that Chappie was really upset by the idea, some of you know that he was upset by the idea of us having a parade today. I was like looking, going, oh no, this is going to go really badly. And in essence, she said this, yes, we don't normally do this. This was my issue. This is not what we normally do to say goodbye to people. She said, but you're not normal. (laughs) And there's the truth. Let's not be normal. Let's follow Jesus. Be extraordinarily abnormal. So the people stop and they go, ooh. One day they're going to say, look what the Lord was doing. But until then, let's be the vision of what the Lord is doing. Let's be the hands and feet of Christ in the midst of what's going on. Let's be profoundly abnormal by following Jesus. And letting him transform our world. Let's take our eyes off ourselves, off our church, off our things that we want to control, put our eyes on Jesus so that he can put all those other things in where they need to fit so that his kingdom would come and his will would be done. I don't feel like I've ended that with justice. Um, I would love to continue on a journey with you as I work out what this FDM role means from the Burdekin to um, Ingham and out to Richmond, um, working with 40-plus chaplains, 
um, and, and seeing God's kingdom invigorated in our patch. Um, but let me pray for us. And let me pray for our community and what Jesus is doing. And let's finish with a bang. Father, I apologise for going over time. May this, my family, forgive me. I know you already have. But I pray that you would put a passion in our belly for our why. I pray today that maybe for some of us today it would be profoundly simple that we just take our eyes off our own current circumstances and start to ask you, for the blessing of the circumstances of which we wish weren't were the way they are. And in doing so, would you change our minds? Would you change our hearts? Would you change our stance? Would you change our demeanour? Would you change our countenance? That people would see an obvious difference in us because you transformed us. Because you took us from where we were now into a new and living way. Thank you, Jesus, that you are not just the way, the truth, and the life. You are our way. (laughs) Then the tears come. Our truth and our life. Amen.